Steelers Battle Lake Podcast. My name is James, joined once again by my co-host Cody. Cody, how are you doing this fine Tuesday evening? Oh, James, I'm much better than yesterday. We apologize for the delayed episode. We normally put these out on Monday nights. I was a little under the weather yesterday. I don't know what the heck it was. 24-hour bug. I don't know what. Um, You know what? I thought it was. I didn't think it was anything. I was going to make a joke, Um, but I'm not going to make a joke now. <laughs> I will say this. I Because I was going to try to lead into something. I, I learned an interesting fact this week, James, that you're not supposed to eat or consume, I should say, consume honey from other places other than where you're from. Did you know that? Uh, I knew that there were very much so health benefits from consuming honey from your location, uh, such as helping with allergies and asthma and that sort of thing to whatever local pollens are around. Yeah, but because it's made by pollen, if you have natural honey from somewhere else, it introduces different things into your body that your body isn't accustomed to because of where you're from and that blew my mind anyways let's just get get into this we're gonna talk Steelers news <laughs> James how are you doing today good man good <laughs> man I always get my honey locally uh out of Albion actually Ooh, my I, buddy's uh buddy's parents do a sugar shack they do maple syrup they do honey there you go uh, so I always buy it off of them my uh my dad's uncle did honey for the longest time so I was always having that I can't I was gonna t- tell them they should send me some but I guess now they shouldn't since I'm here uh <laughs> probably shouldn't <laughs> my do sister's that sister's gonna be doing that now too so my sister's getting into that game she's got some some honeybees so dang well be buying some from her in the future if you guys are ever living in the eerie area you know where you have three options of places to get honey just let us know <laughs> we'll be your connection <laughs> we'll, we'll, t- we'll be your connection I we see will you be there. your connection we'll be- <laughs> wow you want to know starts with b yeah bradbury Oh, and Twitter beef and Twitter beef. You know what I'm saying? Beef. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. We're getting right into the news, folks. Uh, you probably saw it. Uh, one Juju Smith Schuster, former Pittsburgh Steeler. Man, I've been talking a lot of positive things about lately. Went ahead and stuck that big old foot of his in his mouth and decided to run his mouth and kind of rub it in James Bradbury's face on Twitter. Uh, if you didn't see it, it was a. Uh, a fake Valentine's Day card saying, I'll hold you when it matters most. Bradbury being the cornerback. Cornerback yeah. who held uh, Juju Smith-Schuster to wind up leading to the game-winning or game-time, well, I don't know, the game-winning field goal. Um, so that's rough. That's awkward. Bad, bad, yeah. ju- some bad juju there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, bad juju. Shouldn't have done that. Really kind of a cheap shot that was unnecessary. And, of course, this started a, a Twitter war with multiple of Bradbury's teammates sticking up for him and going at Juju's throat and then him coming back at them and just unnecessary. And not a, not a good look. he wouldn't have done that. Like, that was the whole knock. Everybody is knocking him, saying he's immature, he's doing stuff he shouldn't be doing, need to focus on the football field. That was it, it just an unnecessary shot. And uh, makes me kind of second guess my desire to have him back on the Steelers. Yeah, not a good, not a great look for for him. And honestly, as as much as I enjoyed his tenacity, his roughness, his grit when he was playing for us, and seeing him make a, the first guy not be able to tackle him because running him over this or that or whatever, uh, yeah, not a fan of the off the field antics. Even though, to clarify, the TikTok stuff doesn't bother me. the 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 fact that he streams video games doesn't bother me. All the stuff. The problem is, is he distracts himself too much, and then it. It's it's not even like. It's like he's not mentally working out. 
he's just existing outside of football. And then he's playing football, practicing football, whatever. And then he's just existing outside of football. And that causes him to do stupid things. When you're not actively bettering, I mean, this goes for anybody. If you're not actively bettering yourself or like trying to be a better human being or whatever, not saying he's a piece of trash, but there's a mental lapse that he's missing. And it's unfortunate because he is very immature still. And you'd hope that he would have gotten out of that after he left Pittsburgh. To, to If anything, just to prove people wrong. Yeah. But he didn't. Yeah. That, that's the big thing to me is that I felt like he had an opportunity for a new beginning being in Kansas City and good success with them and leading all the wide receivers in Kansas City in receptions and yards and having a real nice season for them and contributing in a positive manner in the Chiefs' victory in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, in this just immediately. And it's right before free agency and he's going to be a free agent. He probably just cost himself a lot of money. Yeah, at least some. Uh, well, let me clarify. Let me clarify. A ton. He cost himself a ton. It's a little bit for him, but it's a ton for us. Yeah, I mean, there's there's going to be a couple of teams that are going to look at that and say, you know, we really hope that he was going to grow up, and he didn't grow up. So let's not even bother. We don't want that in our locker room. Or or he's going to have to sign with somebody who's going to limit him on his social media. That And that's a real thing. That's the thing that they can put in their contracts. So. Yeah. Uh, would be unfortunate for him. He has a big platform on YouTube and everything going right now. So very curious to see what happens with all that, his TikTok and all that stuff. Um, but let's move on to some Steelers, Steelers news. Uh, yes. Let's go ahead. Talk about it. Yeah, man. So uh, y'all probably saw this in the news earlier this week. Uh, I think it was over the weekend it happened. I think it was John Sunday. Mitchell. Yeah. John Mitchell, longtime Pittsburgh Steelers assistant coach. Uh, has officially retired after 29 years coaching for the organization, uh, which is really incredible. Uh, he was actually yeah. one of the first uh, black team captains for the University of Alabama, where he played uh, in his college football career. Uh, and just a, a storied coach uh, in NFL history, uh, being responsible for the Steelers defensive line from 1994 all the way to 2017. And you think of some of the names that came through that organization, uh, you know, Casey Hampton and Aaron Smith and Brett Kiesel, and now with the newer generation of Cam Hayward and Tyson uh, Alawalu, Javon Hargrave, who went on to, to Greener Pastures, and uh, Stefan Tuitt, and just a lot of guys that were developed, <laughs> not necessarily always first-round picks like Cam was, yep. uh, but a lot of these guys really turned into excellent talents. And one thing that you always heard was you had to run to the ball. And how many times over the years did we see these 300-pound-plus defensive linemen run into the ball 30 yards down the field and making huge hits on people? Sometimes uh, even that was all John. Yeah, that was a John Mitchell thing. That's what he was known for. Uh, Aaron Smith was recently quoted as saying that he used to try to hide from John Mitchell because he was scared of him. Wow. Which is hilarious. Aaron's because Aaron's a big dude. He was huge. Yeah. yeah, he was 6'5", 300 back when that was a massive individual. Uh, and, and drastically larger than most defensive ends of his day. Uh, so lots of fun stories coming out about John Mitchell, but one thing that is very constant and consistent through all the stories is the amount of respect that folks had for him, either people that coached with him or uh, were coached by him. Uh, so very uh, sad day, but I mean, I think he was in his 70s, so he was ready for retirement, man, in the last few years. Ever since he he stepped down in 2017, 
He was in the role of an assistant head coach, which basically just means he was an advisor to Mike Tomlin and not in charge of any specific position group. Yep. Uh, so he was there helping people along and helping develop the, the new line of defensive coaches. And, uh, you know, I feel like coach Carl Dunbar's done an excellent job since taking over. Uh, and it's a, it's a nice tradition continuing along with the emphasis of running to the ball by the defensive line, continuing with coach Dunbar. Absolutely. Let's talk about other coaches, James. We're going to sit here and talk about Steelers hiring new linebacker coach, Aaron Curry. Now, if that name sounds familiar, uh, it should a little bit. He was drafted by the Seattle Seahawks in 2009. uh, And we wound up beating him in the Super Bowl uh, when he (laughs) played for the Seattle Seahawks. So that was unfortunate for him. Uh, But a real high pick, wasn't he? Like fourth or fifth overall or something like that? I believe so, and I might be wrong. We may not have beat him in the Super Bowl. He may have been traded to the Oakland Raiders before that. I can't remember, but he was on the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, um, yeah had a short career. I think he only played for like five years in the league. Yeah. Uh, was a middle linebacker, but yeah. has spent a lot of time in his coaching career thus far as an outside linebacker coach. Uh, so it seems as though that will be his his specific uh, instruction with the Pittsburgh Steelers is to coach the outside linebackers, uh, which, man, tough gig, huh? <laughs> you got a, a pro and a pro bowler here. He's got, he's got his work cut out for him, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Good luck turning those guys around, you know. Uh, but realistically, there's probably going to be some youth brought in behind these guys. If you're unable to to retain Alex Highsmith, maybe Alex decides that he wants $30 million a year and Pittsburgh isn't willing to give him that much or something. You never know what happens. There might be another guy that needs developed. And there are definitely going to be some backups that need developed because Pittsburgh has been struggling in developing guys behind the starters. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I, I'm excited about it. He's a younger coach. I want to say they said he was about 35 years old. Uh, yeah, so that. that's tremendous. And not a lot of, of coaching experience in the NFL, somewhere around like four years or something in the NFL thus far. So not horrible. Uh, yeah. Nice to get some, some young coaches influenced in, into the group here. So one retires and we get a, a young one and stick around for a long time and, and help this team to the next level. You never know. That's what we love to hear. Uh, someone who's not going to be helping us get to the next level is <laughs> previous seventh round draft pick for Pittsburgh Steelers from last year, Chris Oladokun, who signed a futures contract with the uh, freaking Kansas City Chiefs. So yep. he can go sit there and get some AFC championships and this and that and whatever and just ride that pretty bench because uh, yep. he ain't going to play over Patrick Mahomes. Let's be real. No. No, Pat would play with two broken legs. That's just the kind of guy. Uh, really impressive how he'll play through about any injury. Did you see necessary. how drugged up he was after the Super Bowl? No, I did not. Oh, we got, I got to send you that clip. That was funny. They, he couldn't yeah. talk. He just sat there, gaze, like glazed yeah. eyes, just smiling. And I was like, oh, they pumped him with some stuff on ha- at halftime. Oh, they, <laughs> or they whatever had it was. To. They had to. You saw how bad he was limping, and then the second half, he was barely limping at all. Yep. <laughs> he was feeling no pain. Yep. So I'll, I'll uh, send that but, to you. Maybe yeah. we'll post that on our, our page or something, but it was funny. Um, we have other news about our GM, James. Yes. Our new yeah, GM. So one of the things that was so instrumental in the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I'm going to go off on a little story before we actually talk about like the topic. It. One of the things that was so instrumental in building the teams of the 70s, the dynasty of the 70s, uh, those teams that won four Super Bowls in a matter of like eight years or seven years or something crazy like that, um, 
was the heavy scouting that they did at the HBCUs, which is highly black college and universities. Historically, uh, historically so, black. Historically, yes, historically black. That's that's what it is. They are highly, um, so, highly black as well. Uh, also highly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this this is one of the same in this particular instance. Um, but anyway, uh, the Steelers were all over scouting the talent at these schools, which was not really something that was done at this point in the NFL. Uh, major universities were, were really the only ones getting it. So Pittsburgh was all over that. And guys, like, uh, you mentioned uh, John Stallworth uh, came from a university like that. Yep. Uh, well, there was the HBCU scouting combine this last weekend, and there was one GM in the entire NFL, and that was our very own Omar Khan. That's what we like to see. Omar Khan, only oh, general yeah. manager there. Now, I'm not sure if there were other assistant coaches there for other teams or anything like that. You would hope. <laughs> I would really hope if we were the because I think that would have been a bigger deal if if only only NFL personnel at this HBCU combine was a like that would be a bigger deal I think. Uh, but the yeah. fact that our general manager was there I think shows a lot of the respect that that Pittsburgh as a whole has for those historically black community college or uh, college universities. Um, yeah. So that's huge. That's big. Yeah. And go back to the roots, man. What made Pittsburgh so great? That's one of the things that made Pittsburgh so great was finding these diamonds in the rough. And it's tougher to find nowadays because there's, there's YouTube and there's all kinds of places where you can find videos from dang near any college that you think of. Yep. Uh, some small mom pop college that has 300 kids going to it. If they got a football team, you can find a video online of their football team. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's, it's all out there and you got to start looking in some places that you don't normally look if you find more diamonds in the rough. And Pittsburgh has two seventh round draft picks this year. I will not be surprised. This just popped in my head. I didn't have this planned, by That's the way. That's fine. I will not be surprised one bit if at least one of those two seventh-round picks comes out of this HBCU uh, scouting combine. Not, I, not I one would, surprise. I would love to see that, and now I'm excited for it. Um, <laughs> Let's find the next John Stallworth in the seventh round out of an HBCU. Let's go. Let's do it. Think, speaking of things we need to find, James and I are now going to discuss the top five positions that we believe Pittsburgh needs to address or target, whether that be through free agency or the draft or anything like that. Now, we did not talk about this list beforehand. Uh, we just mentioned that we were going to do it, and so we each did our own list. Um, so we're going to talk about this, James, and I'm going to have... Do you want to go first or me go first? We want to go from five up to one, correct? Uh, let's go the opposite way. Let's go, go the top one down to five. Okay. Because I do have an honorable mention that I really wanted to squeeze into the top five, and I couldn't. Uh, so it's I have one like too, a don't top worry. six for me. Yeah, okay, <laughs> good, good. We're gonna do Let's our go. top six. You do your one, I'll do my one. You do two, I'll do my two. Okay. And we'll work our way down the list. Number one, yes, freaking one of the greatest sports movies I've ever seen. The Blind Side. We gotta target that side. left tackle. We gotta get that left tackle under control from the freaking getting beat on so many freaking plays. You're judging me, aren't you, James? No. Okay, I was going to no, say. No, Dan Moore gave up five sacks, man. You want to see a better performance from your left tackle. Got to see. Even if it's somebody to plug in behind him to learn the ropes, to figure it out. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not saying we got to get someone to immediately come in and take the role. That would be better, in my opinion. Uh, but Dan Moore's still learning. There's always a chance that he has a comeback a year next year and plays very, very well. And um, that's what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping for that. It would be great if all of our players just showed up and did their job. We didn't have to draft anybody. 
Uh, but that's not going to happen. So we got to get some fresh <laughs> legs in there, get some fresh meat. So left tackle is my number one uh, position for priority. Yeah, I like it, man. Uh, an upgrade there would be a valuable thing for, for Kenny to not have to worry about immediately scrambling when he hits that third or fifth step in his drop back. Yep. Um, my number one is different from that one. We're going to have some differing things on our list, I think, almost the whole way down, which I love about this. Uh, that's why I wanted to do this. I wanted to explore the different thoughts. I know you're one. I already people. knew you're one, and I purposefully didn't put it as one. So it Hit me with what it is before I say it. Then. Cornerback. It is not. Really? Okay, I'm shocked. That's right. Okay. Uh, mine is defensive end opposite Cam Hayward. Because uh, yeah. as of right now, with no no Larry Ogunjobi under contract, no Chris Wormley under contract, uh, your starter opposite him is probably scheduled to be Isaiah Loudermilk right now. And that is scary. Uh, that's nothing in the pass rush. In last year, he regressed as far as his rushing defense. Uh, he's not right now someone I would trust with a starting role. And I want that person opposite of Cam Hayward, who is basically a starting D tackle in the nickel defense, uh, but a defensive end in that base three, four to be someone who has the potential like him, someone that can take the torch from cam and carry it on into the next generation and say, follow me as I go to the pro bowl, follow me as I lead by example and run 30 yards downfield and make the tackle when linebackers and safeties have missed it. I want that guy on the team, and I don't think he's on it right now. Okay. And to me, that's kind of scary because you can attack one side of the defensive line right now, and Cam can't play all three positions at the same time. He can dominate at his position, but we need other people to at least have the potential to be developed into something similar to him. And it scares me that it's not on the team right now. I feel like that's a very major priority in this upcoming free agency and draft. Fair enough. I'll give you that. My number two is going to be what I just thought your number one was cornerback. Uh, <laughs> All right. get, get someone there, get someone on the outside who's capable of going up against those number one wide, uh, wide receivers. Even Pittsburgh is not often a team that has somebody shadow somebody. Um, that plays mm -hmm. that shadow defense. They typically say, Hey, you're, you know, if you're the weak side or strong side safety, whatever, um, they typically just have that play out that way. Uh, but I want someone who's capable of covering the AJ Brown. Cause we got, we saw how badly we got burned by him, uh, this yeah. year. I want someone who's capable of, of guarding Tyreek Hill, keeping up with him, whatever it is, side strength, speed, whatever it has to be. I want to get a top corner in there that, or, or at least someone that can help out in the, the progression of our cornerback room. Uh, we're running mm -hmm. low, especially if you consider the fact that we're probably not keeping William Jackson at this point because he didn't play. Um, yeah, and that'll be way too expensive. Uh, you have, you have, we had so many injuries last year that that's the cornerback room that it wasn't even fun. You had a killer Witherspoon yeah. go out. Uh, Cam Sutton, I think went out for a week or two, if I'm not mistaken. Didn't he? I don't even remember. But I don't remember how much time he may or may not have missed. But anyways, honest. the room is light and we don't really have a true number one. We've talked about this for a while now. Um, and I think either getting a true number one or a true slot corner would help out tremendously because you'd have that. Number you technically have a starter in either one of those positions. I'm specifically looking Correct. at outside corner um, mm -hmm. over slot corner. I think the slot is in a better position right now than the number one corner. Um, so that's my reasoning for a cornerback outside corner being number one. I think that's very rational thought process. That's exactly what mine was. Uh, number two is a number yes. one cornerback needs addressed. Uh, we've got some very high quality number twos in my opinion. I really mm -hmm. like Levi Wallace. Uh, I also like Cam Sutton, and I hope that they retain Cam Sutton. 
but realistically, we don't have a number one guy, like you said, that can handle an A.J. Brown, uh, Jamar Chase that we're going to see twice a year, every year. Uh, we need to have a guy that can hang with these guys, <laughs> and he's not on the team right now. Nope. Uh, and that is a scary thing because if you want to be the team that can dethrone the Bengals and get back to being the number one team in the division, you do need to be able to stop their number one weapon. And yeah, very, very high priority to me in this upcoming draft class is loaded with good quality corners. You can get them in the first two rounds and probably have them be upgrades over what we've got on the team. Uh, even if you get Cam Sutton returning, I think. And there happens to be one from a, a, a little city town school called Penn State that happens <laughs> yeah. to be the son of one Pittsburgh Steeler great uh, linebacker. So we'll mm -hmm. see what happens with Joey Porter Jr. Uh, yeah. Moving forward. Keep that name in the top of your brain. My number three, Me James. Yes. Going to your number one outside or uh, defensive end opposite Cam Hayward for all the same reasons you said. And then some, I, I think quite frankly, it's, it comes down to just depth at this point. Um, even if even uh, don't get me wrong, I'm not super comfortable with Isaiah Loudermilk starting. Uh, but even if that's the case, you got to have someone behind him. You have to have someone in the room. And right yeah. now that is a very light side of the practice room <laughs> outside of Cam Hayward and Isaiah Loudermilk. Isaiah Loudermilk, again, being a, uh, what a fifth round draft pick that we traded back into the draft for two years ago. So yeah. it's not like he's mm -hmm. high caliber or sought after again, he can improve, he can get better, but with what we saw last year, not something we're really looking forward to doing uh, is yeah. starting him. So that's my reasoning for same as yours. Yeah. Yeah. I, and, and I let's to, to be clear. We both like Isaiah Loudermilk very much. We would love to see Isaiah Loudermilk turn into that, but you got to be realistic about it right now. He, he appears to be, a good quality backup um, and he's going to have to make some major improvement to go from that to a high quality starter. Yep. That's why we both have it in our, in our top three there. Now my number three, you're kind of wondering at this point, I think I know. I don't want to say though. You, you think I want to hear your guess again. Cause this is, a it's, it's one of two positions, but I don't know which one. Ooh, give me your best guess. You can't get them both. I won't let you have them both. Tell, give me a hint. Is it offense or defense? I think they're going to start getting easy here. I, I already mean, have two defensive guys off the board. It's going to get easy if I tell you the same <laughs> side of the ball. <laughs> I mean, I both of my guesses were defense, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> well, there we go. It's a defensive position. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna say yours is probably. Oh, it, it better not be that. I'll be upset. Is it defensive tackle? No. Okay. It is middle linebacker, I which probably guess. is your other one. Yeah, that was your other guess. Uh, and to be clear, I think both of these positions are missing a starter right now. Um, so I prioritized middle linebacker, and I'm just going to do my three and four here at the same time. Uh, I do have my nose tackle as the number four. Uh, so you had a nail just in the opposite order of how I prioritized it. Uh, I think if you can get one of those uh, bigger, longer, fast uh, middle linebackers, it can be a real game changer. We saw how much it changed the game when Ryan Shazier was patrolling the middle of the field. Uh, he was able to, to create a lot of turnovers and shut down a lot of passing windows over the middle. Um, that's not something that we've had since. Been a lot of guys that are six foot or six foot one, squattier bills, not as agile, not as athletic. Definitely not guys that can cover tight ends. Uh, sometimes running backs, but not tight ends. No. Uh, so, I think that is something needs prioritized, whether you go out and get somebody in free agency 
or whether you target it like a Trent Simpson or uh, Drew Sanders, one of these high rookies in the draft class upcoming. Uh, give me one of these big, long, tall, athletic dudes. We can always pack some more muscle onto them to try to get them better against the run. Uh, but we need some guys that can hang with tight ends because tight ends have been murdering Pittsburgh for a while. And I feel like it has coincided with that injury in Cincinnati. Uh, so time to reload that group. Um, not saying that I don't believe in Miles Jack, not saying that I don't believe in in Mark Robinson, uh, but Miles Jack didn't have a single turnover last year, and Mark Robinson is a seventh-round pick. So let's be realistic and invest in this group uh, and get some, some higher-quality talent uh, in here and try to get a revitalization in the middle linebacker room that has been such a storied position of strength for Pittsburgh uh, over the years and just has not been for the last few. Yep. So – you did your three and four. Yeah, and let me talk nose tackle a little bit before you go your fourth, yep. uh, just because I did bring the cat out of the bag here. Yes, you did. Tuxie's out. T'Challa is out. Uh, the cats are out of the bag. Uh, so this is a nose tackle. Uh, again, we've got one on the team. We have one nose tackle on the team, uh, and we need something better. Montrevious Adams uh, was not supposed to be the starter. Nope. He was brought in to be the backup and then – Tyson Alualu's play kind of fell off the cliff uh, and we don't have a good run stuffer. Uh, and I have this separated defensive end from, from defensive tackle or nose tackle for a reason, because I think you really need to, to specifically go after one of these big boys, one of these 330, 340, 350 pound dudes that you only have out there on first and second down and goal line situations, but not on third not trying to get after the quarterback unless he happens to be somebody that can do that too. That's also yeah, that'd be fantastic, <laughs> but there's not too many guys out there like that. And I'm okay with getting a big bodied squatty dude that you just can't move in the middle. Uh, and, and it's, it's overdue. It's, it's been lacking uh, for a number of years in Pittsburgh. Uh, and if you want to be able to stop the run better, that is a very important thing is not getting blown off the ball. hundred percent. Well, James, that's a great description of my number four. Defensive tackle, nose tackle, you are very correct. you got to get a big guy in there who can stop the run. Uh, <laughs> so also your number four. That's also my number four. Um, All right. And then my number five, uh, and, and I'm going to say this. I know we're doing top six, but I'm going to mention it now. Middle linebacker is not in my top five, top six, whatever it is. Um, only because... Only because it it it, it could be top too. six. It could be top six. Yeah. It could be. Um but it's just not, and I don't know why. I don't know how to explain that. It's just not. Uh No, but, that's fair. You have faith in Miles Jack and, and Mark Robinson. And and if we happen to, it, you know, keep somebody yeah, else. It's, yeah, it's fine to say that. Yeah, yeah. like Robert Spillane, maybe, you know. You yeah, yeah. Throw him in a mix, and that's not a terrible middle linebacker group. No. Uh, so my number five, James, you could guess this. It's really number one in my heart, but it's number five <laughs> on paper. Oh no. <laughs> safety, strong safety. Strong safety. There it is. Terrell Edmonds needs to go. We need someone better. We need someone faster. We need someone bigger. We need some, someone stronger. We need someone who's not afraid to freaking tackle somebody, James. Uh, we need a strong safety like freaking Ryan Clark again. We need someone who's able to catch the ball, able to make some big hits, maybe not do it as much and get flagged for it and get penalties, 
but we need someone who's going to come up and make a play uh, to match Minka Fitzpatrick to 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 really be an accent to Minka Fitzpatrick in the in the backfield or in the secondary up there. And I don't think we have it yet, so that's why strong safety is my number five. Yeah, I I can understand that. It didn't make my top list. Uh, I think that Pittsburgh is going to retain uh, Terrell Edmonds, and I don't like the draft class for being able to replace him at a starting level. Uh, I think you can get guys that you might be able to to, uh, use as developmental pieces that you might be able to turn into starters, but it won't be a a week one. So I think they're going to need to use him as a bridge guy anyway, unless they bring somebody else into bridge uh, or just go after like a big name, strong safety and and free agency or something. Yep. Uh, But it seems to me like a lot of the top guys in this year's safety class, as per usual, are more of the free safety types. Yep. Uh, So that's, that's scary for me. Number five for me, Slot wide receiver. Ooh, they already yeah. have him. They already yeah. have him. They already have him. I, I'm I'm hoping that you're right. I'm hoping Calvin <laughs> Austin the third is the man. He's I hope he's awesome next year. Uh, but I do believe that Pittsburgh probably needs to bring in another wide receiver to push him and get some competition. Uh, you know, whether you do it in free agency and bring a veteran in who's comfortable in the slot, like like Jericho Cotchery back in the day, he was excellent in the slot and he was a uh, an experienced receiver from another team. Yeah. Uh, bring in a guy Darius like Hayward Bay. Find somebody. It, well, he wasn't really a good wide receiver. He That's was just fair. an excellent gunner. That's fair. Uh, he was also <laughs> great on end around. Yeah. He was because <laughs> he's lightning fast and he was strong. Uh, but yeah, I, I would like to see something. Maybe even you, you that fourth round pick um, or even the third round pick. Uh, I don't want to see it in one of those first three picks, uh, but third or fourth round, I, I could see. Uh, taking a stab at a wide receiver. I, I'm a big fan of Parker Washington out of Penn State, a guy that's kind of built like Wonder a running why. back. Yeah, <laughs> Penn State, <laughs> I know, I get it. Uh, when you look at him, if you didn't know, you'd think running back because that's what his build looks like. Uh, so a contested catch guy, go to breaking tackles. Uh, and not real tall, he's only like 5'10 or 5'11, but he's like 2'10 or 215 or something. So truly a, a running back type build. Oh, uh, where do you see a picture of his calves, Cody? I see you looking them up right um, now. Dude's got calves like like Joe Wasinski. They're freaking huge. Uh, so, yeah, this is just something to me that I feel like needs an upgrade one way or another. Uh, what even if it's just Calvin Austin the third coming back from injury and taking that position over and owning it, uh, it needs an upgrade. My honorable mention, uh, and this is probably going to surprise a lot of folks, including Cody. Honestly, I'm betting that he's kind of surprised because his number one is not even cracked my top five. Uh, I went real generic on my honorable mention, and I think an upgrade at any of the offensive line positions is a good idea. You're a turd. Uh, I, yeah, I'm sorry. I I think literally, that we have started... literally before we had the show, I was like, "Do you want to do specific <laughs> positions, like just offensive line?" be as specific as you can i think we should just replace the whole offensive line (laughs) (laughs) well and i'm not saying that because i think these guys are all starting caliber guys Uh, i think that we've seen improvement from dan moore from year to year season uh same with kevin dotson at the end of the year last year we saw the left side of the offensive line annihilating people in the run game and that gave you reason to have hope uh, Mason Cole was one of the steadying forces at center. Uh, but I do think maybe, you know, if you get the opportunity for one of these big, strong centers, maybe upgrade there. If you get an opportunity for the best guard in the draft at 17, maybe you do that. If one of these top offensive tackle prospects falls to 17, man, I don't know how you walk away from it. Uh, so I feel like it's an unwritten need 
that you have guys in place. It's kind of like what Pittsburgh does where they plug in like free agents in the off season positions where they don't have a guy and it's kind of, okay, we got a guy. We're all right. We got a guy. He can start if we need him. I feel like that's kind of what part of our offensive line is. Like three of them are, we got a guys. Not like this is the guy of the future. This is not a guy we expect to get into the Pro Bowl even, but we got a guy and he's, he's starter quality. But I think anybody that, that falls into that, we got a guy category, you should consider upgrading when the opportunity arises and value intersects with your draft position. Fair enough. I'm changing my, I'm changing mine now. <laughs> what is it? <laughs> my honorable mention originally was going to be center, but now my honorable mention is quarterback. I thought your honorable mention was middle linebacker. No, my honorable mention was center. Oh, okay. No, no, no. No. Honorable... But now you want it to be quarterback. It's going to be quarterback because technically we only have one in the building that wants to be that's... there, and that's Kenny Pickett. That's true. We need that's more. That typically you'd like to have three on the roster. We have one, and the one that we wanted, Chris Oladokins, now with the Chiefs for a futures contract. So somewhere along mm-hmm. the line, we're going to have to bring in a quarterback. Maybe Joe Flacco, maybe Andy Dalton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you never know. You never know. I Bring them both maybe, in. Maybe Baker Mayfield. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> oh man but we i do believe we do need a quarterback uh again knock on wood that nothing happens to kenny pickett um exactly thank you sir but you got to be prepared for something if it were to happen and you also just want someone to be in there just in case so honorable mention quarterback and a defensive line coach we got one I thought he retired. No, oh, he was only until 17. I'm dumb. Yeah, My yeah, brain just got fried. Yeah. Carl, Carl Dunbar. It's been a long day. Cody's coming off of being sick. Don't, don't, don't be too mad at him. I am being sick. And don't and- be too mad at us for not having mock drafts for you yet. Uh, the beta, They're still in the beta right now on the draft network, which is our preferred uh, mock draft simulator because they're very good at – at assessing the talent and figuring out about where they should go in the draft as where some of these other ones, like the pro football yes, focus it's, it's, one, you can, you can get first round dudes in the fifth round and it's pretty stupid. That's it's not because we just want to use them or, or they help us out. It's because they make it more realistic. That's the reason for us yes. waiting. Yeah. Um, yeah. We don't want to do one where we've got 18 trade downs in, in seven first round picks. Like you see on a lot of these, Steelers fan sites right now. Oh, the one that uh, I saw that was realistic. funny today was they traded back that 17th pick and got like seven picks for it. And I was like, yeah, well, maybe two. Yeah. Maybe two. <laughs> Three yeah. on a good like, day. On. Like if you're getting seven, they're all going to be fourth and fifth round picks. So no, they on, were guys. like first round pick next year, first round pick yeah. this year, second yeah. round pick next year, yeah. third round pick this year. Yeah, and then they trade all those to get back in the first. And yeah, it's like, yeah, come yeah, on, what are you just doing? Stop, man. Yeah. Just stop. You're not a GM. This is not Madden. You're, you're a, a giant maniac. You are a GM. I was it, just kidding. <laughs> there is a salary cap that you do have to work with. You can't have eight first round picks. A <laughs> little bit, a little bit. All right. Well, that's going to wrap up today's show. Again, we thank you guys so much. If you guys think that we missed a position or you agreed heavily with a position that we put down on our top six that are needed for this upcoming off season, uh, let us know in the comments of the YouTube video or DM us on Instagram or TikTok or Facebook, just let us know. We'd love to hear from you guys. We'd love to talk about a conversation we had with you guys on the show. And again, we can't thank you guys enough. Be sure to like and follow on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Subscribe and ring the bell. It's free, my friends. And until next time, this is your host, James and Cody, signing off.
Peace.